Oh, thank you. 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 Oh, it does, but it, I don't. I don't. It hasn't though, has it? It has only been two weeks, hasn't it? I don't know if it's been two or three. I don't know. I don't know either. Can you hear a dog in the background? No, Barking I can't. Away. Is it just oh, in your be... just in your ear? Willow, willow the wisp. <laughs> it's very strange because Sarah just told me that. Can you hear those fireworks going off in the background? To which I couldn't. But at that exact time, fireworks started going off in the background near where I live <laughs> very odd they just stopped actually they've just they've stopped. stopped our ends I reckon they're between our oh, well, we live in the same village don't yeah, it we, could, it, yeah yeah just yeah <laughs> I forgot you, you used to live in the next village <laughs> it probably it feels like we're quite a long way away though in the village between us but maybe that was you know the same fireworks display I think it must have been this is, fa- this is fascinating for all the it listeners. It is, for all our listeners, yes. <laughs> for the fireworks display, you cannot hear. <laughs> We've managed to just sort that out. Thank and God. And they're like, oh, just get on with it. Just Please, get on just with get, it. On with it. <laughs> get on with it. Get on with it. Do you know what? I have actually watched a couple of films this time. Oh, Normally, I'm like, Maybe I haven't have... seen anything. Maybe we have um, been three weeks. Then. I think it's been three weeks. All right, go on then. Well, I watched Monsters because I enjoyed the creator so much from gareth edwards i thought i'd watch monsters yeah which i was yeah I, I enjoyed i don't think i would have enjoyed it as much had i not watched the creator and kind of got into gareth edwards world because it's one of those kind of sci-fis where there's this squid octopus like aliens <laughs> invading yeah. and because it's shot on such an incredibly low budget it's about basically these two people who are on a kind of apocalyptic road trip trying to get over the border whilst escaping from these yeah these aliens you don't ever really see any huge encounter between these two characters and the aliens and i think it's because they probably just didn't have the budget to do it there's a few times when you do see them and they wreak havoc but it's one of those films that what you think is going to happen doesn't happen so it kind of builds to a crescendo where you think they're going to kind of meet the aliens there's going to be this big fight off and then it just doesn't happen and it turns into a completely different ending which in some ways ties in with what I like about him in the creator it's not predictable it's not necessarily the kind of film you would expect it to be anyway Mm -hmm. so I did enjoy that and the other film completely random I don't normally go in heavily for my rom-coms but I did watch a kind of comedy rom-com, which was Crazy Stupid Love with Steve okay. Carell, Brian Gosling, Emily Stone, I think it was, yeah. Which, have you seen that? No, I haven't actually. It's really funny. It's, oh, re- right, okay. it's really good. It's really good. And there's a really good twist in it, which is like, which comes out of left field. I don't think anyone can see it coming. Okay. If you, if you and your husband fancy... A kind of really easy watching rom-com, but Chris, don't freak out. Not a, not a real rom-com. It's more of a comedy with kind of yeah. romance in there. With Steve Carell, he's brilliant, isn't he? I would highly recommend it. I, yeah, I really, really okay. enjoyed it. So, yeah, yeah, so those are my two films. You've watched those. I've watched um, Nimona, which is on Netflix. It's uh, watched that with the kids. Chloe Grace Moretz, who you may recognise who was in Kick-Ass, plays uh, Nimona. 
and Riz Ahmed plays this knight. He gets framed for killing the queen and is seen as a monster and he befriends a shapeshifter, which is uh, what N- Nimona's is. And it's, very, it's quite dark and she has a very dark past, but we re- really enjoyed it. It's an animation and great one for the family. So we watched that. The other one I'm partway through is it's Locked In on Netflix with Famke Janssen who you may recognize from X-Men movies, who was uh, Wolverine's love interest. And she plays a lady that's hospitalized, been in a coma, unable to speak, move, apart from she can blink now and then now. And after a nasty accident, Anna Frail is in this film and she plays a nurse who discovers through this blinking test that she does going through the alphabet, it spells out murder. And yeah, so they've been watching that. It's quite a dark movie as well. So... Slightly dark movies, but we're going to review one of the dark movies as well a bit later on. But uh, Nimona, I would highly recommend. Locked in on kind of at the moment, so we'll we'll see how that pans out. Do you have a quiz? I do have. I do have a quiz. (laughs) I do. Of course, I got a quiz. And obviously, I reckon you can predict what. Well, what do you think the quiz might be on, or who do you think the quiz? Kev. The course is Kev. It's Super Kev. <laughs> Super Kev the Costner. The Costner. It's Kev the Costner. We love Kev the Costner. Oh, this is be hard. Go on. And this is because this is because one of the films we're reviewing is Field of Dreams. And mm-hmm. and do you know what? I am gonna start with question number one, which is to do with Field of Dreams. You know, I mean you probably only saw it a few days ago, so you should get this. Mm-hmm. Obviously, starting off nice and easy here. So in the nineteen eighty nine baseball film Field of Dreams. What famous line does Kevin Costner's character, Ray Kinsella, hear that prompts him to build a baseball field on his farm? If they build it, they will come. That's it. You got it. That was a bit freaky that you, yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to say it in a whispery voice. You did. That's how he hears. Yeah, that's okay. how he hears. <laughs> right, let's move on. One out of one. Okay. okay, cool. Question number two. Which post-apocalyptic film released in 1995 features Kev as a drifter with a mysterious past who helps a group of survivors in a water scarce world. Ah, water world. The, the if, if, you some, if you if you enter some water, I, I know, I know. That's exactly <laughs> what I thought when I when I got the question. I thought if you took that bit out in the end, that's tough. Ah, <laughs> uh, two out of two. Okay. In the nineteen ninety one film Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, the Ooh. Kev, the Costner, stars as the legendary outlaw Robin Hood. Who is the actor that plays Robin Hood's Moorish companion, Azim? Uh, Morgan Freeman. Yes. Yes. Well, you, <laughs> you, I wasn't you know, sure. You kind of paused there, and I wasn't sure whether you, were, you did that. Who's the guy from Blackadder? Um, the, the little one from Blackadder. Baldrick. Baldrick, the one that played Tony Baldrick. Robinson. Tony Robinson. I was nearly <laughs> going to say him because I think at the same time after that came out, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, there was a yeah, TV was. series for kids. It's called Maid um, Marion or something. Wasn't Maid Marion, yeah, it. and a merry and he, friend. Yeah, yeah, and he was he was sort of like a sidekick. So I nearly was thinking Baldrick. No, but yeah, it's uh, Morgan Freeman. Wow, three out of three. Okay, here we go. Question <laughs> yep. number four. In which 2013 movie does the Kev play the adoptive father of a superhero? Is it Superman? I mean, I need the name of the movie. It's Superman, isn't it? No? Well, yeah, but then there's the name of the Superman movie. I don't know. Superman (laughs) 1. I don't know (laughs) what the name of the movie is. 
It is Man of Steel. It's not oh, Man Superman. Of Steel. I knew it was, yeah, Man of Steel, of course, with Henry. With Henry. Henry Cavell. That's yeah. it. Whew, close, right? I last nearly one. got it. Can you not give me half? Half <laughs> a lot with that. No, because Superman. <laughs> I mean, how many Superman films uh, Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. The Costner starred mm. as Elliot Ness in the 1987 film The Untouchables. Who right. played the notorious gangster Al Capone in the movie? Untouchables. I want to say Sean Connery, but I don't think it's right. But I am going to say it because I don't know anyone else. I haven't really, I don't remember the Untouchables. I'm going to say um, Sean Connery. It's Robert De Niro. Oh, Robert Robert De Niro, okay. I didn't actually know that one because I'm like a bit like you. I only know those two main actors in the film. But is he in it? Sean Connery in it? Oh, yeah. He he got an Oscar for it because he was... I was close, so close. Yes, you were close. So three out of five, or well, three and a half out of five. Okay. Seeing as we're on the subject of Super Kev, are we going to build dreams? Yeah, which is off your and list, this, I believe. It was off my fantasy list. It was. You yes. love uh, a fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I haven't got many fantasies, but yes, <laughs> I had this one under my fantasy list. Nineteen eighty nine. Is Kevin Costner? Really... Is Kevin Costner? Are you saying that Kevin Costner is on my your best fa- fantasy? Is he, is he on your fantasy list? No, <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. Okay, no. Right. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, Nineteen eighty nine. This was released. It's PG. Directed and written by Phil Alden Robinson. He also directed Sneakers and Some of All Fears as well. And it's based on the book Shoeless Joe. However, they didn't like the name Shoeless Joe to be the title of the film. Hence why they changed it to Field of Dreams. Do you know, ever since I've watched this film, and I don't know whether the music was in this film, but I've been singing the lady that um, sang Songbird. Or is it Nora Jones? da 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 on the field that's, of Bali. That's, Who sang that's, that? That's Sting. Oh, I've been singing. I think I've got Nora Jones' version of, of it. Oh, okay. Head. Well, maybe she did. Anyway, the anyway. Wow. Ever since then, I've been singing. That's been going on in my head. And I don't think it was in the film, was it? So, <laughs> don't know why. Anyway, I'm waffling on, talking a load of nonsense. And we're going to get Ben to me saying that they're rabbiting on again or waffling on. Yeah, again, well, we do like you... a bit of waffle. We do. We do. <laughs> Anyway, I haven't seen this for quite a long time, actually. And um, it's got, yes, Kevin Costner in it, Ray Liotta, James Earl Jones and Burt Lancaster in this. And Amy Madigan plays the wife of Ray Kinsella, who is who Kevin plays. We'll call him Kevin now, Kev. It's about Ray Kinsella, an Iowa farmer who is inspired to build a baseball pitch at his corn farm based on a voice that comes to him. If you build it. And other whispers that come in in whilst he's um, in the cornfield. But there's some real great actors, as I just listed them in this movie. And those that come are actually the great White Sox baseball players of all time that were were banned from the game for life in 1999 after throwing their games for money from gamblers, including Shoeless Joe Jackson, uh, who was played by Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta in this film has got that very distinctive look on this. And this is one of the films I, I actually remember him the most in, I think. He hears other callings from the same person. He can't quite work out who who's calling him. But Ray calls on as a reclusive author played by James L. Jones, and to help him solve where these voices are coming from and solve his you know his journey really. 
Ray's dad was a big baseball fan and played for the main minor league baseball and told amazing stories of Sheila's Joe, who lived locally to, to Ray's dad. And unfortunately, Ray's dad passed away, but the two of them hadn't spoken for years after falling out. It's very much a family film, a father-son film, and very trusting, I believe, as well. I felt it's got very heart-moving ending as well, which brought me actually to tear, having lost my own father a year ago as well. I've avoided giving too much away around the rapture around the film because I think it's very simple as well. But Rob, what do you think of the movie? It's Kev, isn't it? It's Kev in his purple <laughs> patch. Uh, I mean, Kev in his purple patch. Yeah, I was just actually going to see. So before this, he'd done The Untouchables, No Way Out, Bull Durham, another baseball film, Field of Dreams. And then he went on, of course, to do Dancing with Wolves, then Robin Hood. So I suppose this was like leading up to his proper purple patch. But I remember watching Bull Durham as well, obviously around the same time. And, you know, another film about baseball. The thing that struck me watching this again, I mean, I really liked it. It's an absolutely bonkers concept. And (laughs) I remember listening to some interview or uh, comments that Costner made about this when he got the script and you can totally understand why he thought this he was really concerned that if they didn't get it right it was just going to be this weird goofy kind of movie and you can kind of see where he's coming from because you know as you teed it up it's about a guy who hears voices on a farm (laughs) mows down an area, builds a baseball field. People from the past as ghosts start appearing on it to play. He then goes off on a road trip and tracks down some famous human rights writer of the day, which leads them to track down someone else. But to meet that person, Ray Kinsella ends up going back in time when he's visiting this town where he meets this other old... And in actual fact, when you kind of think about it, you think, wow, they did really well to actually make this a film where you don't really ever stop to think, this is just ridiculous. You know what I mean? That this this is. <laughs> I, I thought that quite early on, actually. I did, did, <laughs> somebody, did you really? I did. Well, I did because I thought they're whispering, and would like if I I said to you or something it whispered in your ear whilst you're in the garden to build a swimming pool, for example. Would you? I go was just thinking pool? that. I was just thinking <laughs> that. And I got these whispers to build a football pitch, and yeah. then you build a football <laughs> pitch, and then you, you don't really know why you're doing it. Yeah, exactly. And, and then like you're just hanging around waiting for someone to turn up from the past, and then no one does. You'd feel like a right idiot um <laughs> so it's just as well in the film that someone does turn up otherwise okay well i know what you mean there is a slight comedic element to the fact he's hearing this bizarre voice and he's doesn't know what it is but once once you get into the narrative i think it does kind of work then and i think it the whole film and this doesn't really give anything away the whole film is really based on his own family past uh you know and, yes. and a relationship that he was that didn't work out when he was you know growing up with his father so so i think there's actually quite a kind of charming touching element to it which gives it more integrity than it may otherwise give if there yeah. wasn't like a kind of a proper reason as to why all this is happening because if you take away the reason and that bit doesn't work then it is just absolute bonkers and I don't know what it is about Costner. He's got that Texan droll voice that he just uses in almost every film he does. Storytelling. Yeah, he's a narrator yeah, quite a lot of the time, like, isn't he? 
and, and you know he voice is a voiceover in this that's only really used kind of to tear up and i think at the end which just kind of you know reminds you of like morgan freeman like from the, from the shawshank and that kind of thing but it's so familiar and it's such a kind of it, i suppose kevin costner for us being of the generation we are very much stands for what popular cinema was in the kind of 90s when we were growing up so i, I think in a weird way he, he kind of just he just holds a special place for a lot of people well not for no, others people may hate kevin costner <laughs> obviously sorry i'm already waffling apologies ben if you're listening so i like sports and i like the i like the costner i like the kev i did find it strange that just because he mowed down part of his farm to build a baseball field but very good baseball field i have to say and it didn't it was a bit like an a-team job it didn't take him very long before it was a fantastic (laughs) baseball field yeah but there he still had quite a lot of crops left i felt the whole idea that that would have potentially bankrupt him and uh, maybe that's and that and that his wife just went off along with it and she was like yeah let's build a baseball field that's fine well, can we can we afford it or oh, just about we can afford it yeah and then guys the, this is yeah. the perfect this is the perfect yeah. this is the perfect woman if you're <laughs> if you're there you have a bit you're hearing a voice at home and you've got enough room in your garden you must buy that car <laughs> build, build build a pool and they will come you know what i mean like you started like, i've got i've got a I, I think we've got to spend all of our savings on this amazing swimming pool in the garden. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I, I just heard a voice. I, I just, I've just got to do it. Oh, oh right I bet. I wonder right after watching this film, some people yeah, tried that on. Re- this is really messing you up. I can see how, I can see how much turmoil you're going through. Poor Kev, give him a hug. Yeah, go for it. Just build a, just build a baseball field. Actually, na- see, now I'm talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> now now I do kind of think it is a bit nuts. Uh, look, Rob, yes. buy that Aston Martin <laughs> and they will come. <laughs> yeah, do you know what will come? The bait the bailiffs will come. That's it will come. That's, that, that, that's will come. Uh, like now, now it's sounding like there's flaws. It's a crazy notion for a film, but it's got Kevin, it's about sport. And if it's if it's done well, a film about sport, then I'm I'm in. And He's done a golf one as well, isn't he? He was. You know what? I need that was that was nearly going to be one of your quiz questions. Tin cup. That was the one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I liked it. James Horner did the score to this. In fact, you know what? Before we started this podcast, I didn't really know the name James Horner. But he's popped up in so many films we've reviewed. In terms of like a composer, he's a bit of a legend, really. I mean, you talk about the likes of John Williams, but James Horn has done loads of stuff. And I, I think the score really works. It almost reminds me of the kind of score you got in Few Good Men and JFK. I don't know, there's something, it's, again, it's kind of like a very patriotic and it's such an American, I mean, it, it really is in terms of like an Americana, it really is this, you know, the American dream and dream, all that stuff. So no, I mean, I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for Costner. Um, you're right. Why is wife let him do it? I have no idea. And, you know, some people could see the, the baseball player. Some people could see the ghost. Some people couldn't. What, you know, why that was, I don't really know. Well, because um, they had to believe. You have to believe as well. Oh, yeah, okay. You've got to believe. Fair enough. Mm. Yeah, but if someone just rocked up one day, you know, 
like all this is going on and people mm. in the town are saying, oh, he's a crazy guy. What's he doing? No one ever turns up to check it out. And what if someone turned up to check it out and they were believers? Then someone else would have seen it. We don't ever see that. And also, Bill the Baseball Day will come. So they, they do all come. But then, then at the end of the film, it's very touching. You know, and it's, oh, okay, I won't go into it. But a lot of them, a lot of them start coming towards the end of the film, which kind of makes sense. But how do they all fit in? There's no real, it's not like a, it's not like Yankee Stadium in someone's farting. So where are they all going to sit? They can't all sit on that wooden, you know, seating. You're doing a Renfield on me. Okay, okay. (laughs) You're sounding like me. (laughs) I've started this saying I really like it, and now I'm just ranting about it. I'm confused myself now as to what I think about the film. (laughs) So do you know what? I'm going to stop there. I'm stopping there. It, no, yeah, I think it's it's very much of that era with these all good feel-good movies, isn't it? And is the American dream. I think Ray Liotta, it was the start of this Purple Patch as well. I mean, started off um, in some early TV series. He still did a TV series up until his, his death recently. Um, he was in St. Elsewhere. Goodfellas is the other film that I remember him being in. Um, he was very good in that. I'm not sure whether he got any Oscars, but I saw him in Blackbird earlier this year, um, which was released actually last year with Taron Egerton. And uh, he was like one of the, he was the dad of Taron Egerton's character in that. And that's that's a really good TV series, Blackbird on Apple Plus at the moment. But uh, Burt Lancaster, I, was just trying, I looked him up actually, and the only film I recognised was Here to Eternity. I don't really recognise many of the films, but maybe those that are slightly older generation, you know, the next generation up may recognise more of the films. But he uh, he passed away in 1994, and this was one of uh, very few films um, he did just before he passed away, in fact. And then James Earl Jones is, is you know, seems such a lovely chap in this, and he pronounces his words very clearly. It's almost like the kid from that film Matilda. <laughs> The little girl from Matilda, she pronounced her words really carefully. And it was just, he does exactly the same. And he's just such a nice guy as well. But he, you know, he was a bit sort of menacing. Well, not menacing. He was a bit sort of disrupted at the start because uh, Kevin Costner just turns up in his office and the Kev starts threatening him and, and everything. Well, not the Kev, Ray Kinsella starts threatening him. But yeah, he's he's 92 and he's just recently um, been recording Obi-Wan Kenobi, he's done The Lion King, he's done Coming to America, Dr. Strangelove was one of his earlier films in 1964, but he started acting in 1952. Obviously, he's Darth Vader as well, and yeah, we all love um, James Earl Jones as well. So, so he has a cracking cast in this movie. Slightly lesser on the on the, the feminine side, but it's definitely, a, I think it's more of a boys' film, actually, even though it's got that touching piece at the end, which, as I said, I, you know, I lost my father last year, and it did definitely brought a tear to, tear to my eye uh, right at the end. You kind of He's thinking back about his his father and I, I started doing exactly the same and it just, you know, set me off, basically. But, yeah, it feels very much in line with, not the Lost Boys, uh, Flatliners, kind of recorded around that time. It's got that kind of feel to it. But I felt it dragged a little bit at times. I found it quite interesting when you can, you know, they wouldn't cross this line on the baseball pitch. And if they did, you know, they get, they'd get older or they'd maybe pass away or, and they can't go back or, or something like that. So, yeah, um, as for fantasy, I think it definitely ticked the box for that one. Well, what are you going to give it? I will give this a solid 7 out of 10. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. It's got Ooh. that kind of bit of a feel good. It's the Kev. Got some great star cast in there. It's a load of nonsense, but I kind of liked it a bit. It did drag at times. So 8 out of 10. Oh, do you know what? I'll give it 7.5. I feel harsh. <laughs> I'm going to give it 
Because I like the Kev. Okay. I talk yeah, myself okay. out of it. I'm talking myself back into it. You've got so your Kev like, crush, haven't you? Really? My Kev crush, man. We've got a bromance <laughs> going on, right? You have. Yeah, you need to meet him. Right. Okay. So moving on. <laughs> so the killer. So this is David Fincher's latest film. Of course, Fincher, you'll know from films such as Seven uh, and Fight Club. Um, so you've got Michael Fassbender stars as a hitman who basically waits in the shadows up in some loft-type space in Paris, waiting for his next target. So it's he's cold, he's methodical. We, there's a voiceover all the way through this, which gets you into his head. He's constantly reiterating the need to be patient and calm. Don't let emotion get into anything. But you also just sense that he's really delving into his the whole reason as to why he does what he does. So we learn that, you know, he's this hitman who works for this shadowy organization that obviously dispatches him on various assignments. But in terms of really what his motivations are for becoming a hitman, it will be it's a bit murky. We we learn very quickly he's very much his own man from conversations we hear with his boss uh, occasionally on phone calls. Anyway. After waiting for endless days for the right moment to complete this job, it goes wrong. So much so that he's immediately downs tools, cleans up, gets on a flight and heads to the hideout. It's split into chapters, this film, and chapter two is the hideout, which happens to be a property that we kind of assume, I would say, is his home or somewhere he lives in the Dominican Republic. When he arrives there... He finds that there's been a break-in, he's panicking, and you start to think, okay, there's someone's missing, something's not right. Turns out that he's right, there's blood, glass everywhere, and his partner or girlfriend, it's not clear, he finds in the hospital who was the victim of this attempted murder, which kickstarts this cat-and-mouse mission for him to showcase all of his hitman skills to track down and kill the assailants and taking him to all kinds of locations and altercations and eventually leads him to the person responsible at the top of the chain, which leads to this finale surprising revelation, if you like. It's yeah, it's very much, a, I suppose, a slow-burn character study that that's really all about the psychological toll of his profession him kind of struggling with the monotony and isolation of what he does and as i say whilst he's good at what he does clearly he's questioning his own motivations and sanity and as you'd expect from a movie by david fincher you know you've got these fantastic visuals dark gritty signature style has that sense of foreboding complete with a slightly jarring score at times which adds to the mood and creates this unease and tension which doesn't really let up so yeah it's i wouldn't say it's a film that does anything particularly surprising in terms of where it goes but yeah as i say it's got fincher written all over it i'm not going to say anymore i'm going to pass mm-hmm. right over to you sarah Thank you. I think, I mean, this is very dark film, definitely following the thoughts of an assassin. It's almost like Assassin 101 in a way, and how he's about to make his kill. However, you know, he does miss the first kill, um, and then he's basically on a run and, yeah, cat and mouse journey. You know, he needs to find, you know, who's after him, and he comes across Tilda Swinton's character, the expert, and it's the only time, most of the film, 
you do not see him talk to many people. It's mostly his voiceover. And this is probably one of the, the only times that he starts talking to, to another character, really, uh, when he meets with Tilda Swinton, which I found really slightly odd. I mean, this guy was very methodical. He, he would do yoga to keep himself in shape, very controlled activities. And he, the exercises he was doing reminds me, of, if you've seen Die Hard 2, reminds me, me of the nasty person in, in that who was, who was doing sort of yoga exercises and, and things like that. And I found the fight scenes were just brutal. This guy would just not give up, would he? He's very much outsized by one guy in the in the movie. And he had super strength, but he was very determined and just didn't give up Fastbender's character. Fastbender was definitely a well-chosen actor for this. I mean, he played the role perfectly. He's super fit as well. I can really see him being like the next James Bond. I don't know about you, but he would be excellent Bond, I think. However, I do see that Aaron Taylor-Johnson from Kick-Ass movies, he's, he's, he's the number one pip for the Bond character. But, I mean, Fastbender's got like eight upcoming projects, which is incredible. And he needs to go a comedy. And unfortunately, he has got a comedy coming up because he quite often is, you know, his alien Prometheus and all these dark movies that he's been in. He needs to be seen as a, a sort of lighthearted character as well, I feel. So he's got Next Girl Wins as in the next film for him, directed by Takia Watiti. I would have liked to have seen him speak a bit more in this movie. He was almost like an Arnold Schwarzenegger character, but a lot slighter. I didn't really connect with him or any of the characters. I didn't feel sorry for him at all. I didn't think he was a nice person at all. And no, he's not a nice person. He's an assassin. But he did have, obviously, a gentle side to him because he had a love interest in Dominican Republic uh, where his uh, hideaway or safe house was. But she didn't really speak to him either. So you didn't see that connection or loving touch from each other at all. So he's very kind of cold character, very methodical. And yeah, but it was interesting hearing the VO the voiceover just on his thoughts i don't think you've really had an assassin's thoughts on a movie before so that was slightly different but yeah that's i mean that's all i wanted to say about it really um i'm going to give this film i did find it a bit slow in places so i'm going to give it a seven out of ten i think i i just didn't really connect i've got to be honest with this film I, i found that whilst it was clearly intending to be something that was quite cold and quite clinical and was seeing everything from inside his head. I just didn't really care much about his character. I didn't really care much about his motivations, even at the points at which you could potentially sympathize with him or empathize with him more when we see what happened to his partner. That doesn't last very long. You know, as soon as he sees that he's, you know, she's in hospital and she's alive, but, but quite badly injured, there's not really anything else that takes us back to that relationship and because he's so methodical because he hardly says anything just as you say whilst it was impressive obviously seeing him do what he does you refer to the fight scenes yeah there's this one amazing fight scene that takes place in this house in the Dominican Republic with this massive almost like Jason Momoa type character but it's it's quite dark and they're just fighting their way through all these various rooms and it's I must admit, I was watching that thinking, fair play, the choreography on that's pretty incredible. But that wasn't quite enough for me. And I didn't really find the ending particularly satisfying. So I would summarise it by saying that, yeah, I like Fincher. I I like the look of it. I like the style of it. Fassbender, great performance for what he's there to do. 
but as a story and also to be fair for me as well the plot it just didn't engage me just didn't Mm. engage me um yeah I think and actually my seven out of ten is quite generous really I might change that I might give it a six out of ten actually okay well, I mean, I'm giving it a six and a half out of ten, and I'm really surprised only because it's Fincher and it's Fassbender and it's an assassin film. I kind of thought it's going to be decent, and maybe it's not going to be amazing, but I mean, I know it's straight yeah. to Netflix, but still, you get some decent stuff on Netflix every now and again. So I was a little surprised actually at how underwhelmed I was with it, and I got to be honest, at times found it a bit boring, which is crazy, it's- really. Yeah, I mean, that's our opinion. I think I'll give it a go, have a listen and have a watch and and see what you think as well. But yeah, I was expecting more, I think, from this film. I think it is worth noting that whilst we were left feeling a bit underwhelmed by it, it's got very good reviews. It's 7 out of 10 on IMDb. It's it's been rated 4 out Mm -hmm. of 5 in many publications, you know, so... Yes, it's by all means, it's going to float people's boats. So I think, yeah, maybe I was just expecting a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Right, so upcoming films we got coming up at the cinemas, which will be going to Apple TV Plus soon as well. At the cinemas on 22nd November is Napoleon, and it's the new Ridley Scott movie with Jakob Felix. That's right. So this is Ridley Scott take on Napoleon, an epic that details the checkered rise and fall of French Emperor Napoleon Bonaparte and his relentless journey to power through the prism of his addictive, volatile relationship with his wife, Josephine, played by Vanessa Kirby. I'm interested to see what this is going to be like, because I think with Ridley Scott, we all know how great he is at visually and world building and all that kind of stuff. But I think sometimes what lets him down is the script and the actual story. So I love Ridley Scott. So I'm hoping this is great. And obviously back in Phoenix is pretty fine actor as well. And, 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 and Vanessa Kirby's fantastic. She's brilliant. She's had a few nominations before in the past, but uh, it sounds like a great lineup and looking forward to seeing that. Absolutely. Pick it from your list now. What have we got? From my list. Well, these are the genres you can't go for. All right, you can't have adventure. You've just had a great fantasy with Kev, so you can't have fantasy. <laughs> you can't go drama, comedy, sci-fi, thriller, horror. So let's go from fantasy to some guilty pleasures then, Rob. <laughs> okay, so we're going to go guilty pleasures, yeah? <laughs> yes. Now, I I haven't got as many guilty... I haven't got that many guilty pleasures on, on my list. Okay. Um, but I'm looking How at... Many? I've got six on the list as it currently mm. stands. Let's go for something in the middle. Let's go for number three. Number three <laughs> is Karate Kid. Oh, Karate Kid. Which one? The first one. The, the uh, Karate Kid. With, yeah, with um, Ralph um, Macchio. Is that? I don't know. He's the one that looks about Macchio. five years old. Yeah, him. The one that doesn't age. <laughs> Peter Pan. Yeah. Oh, I love. Yeah, cool. Karate Kid. That's one to watch with the kids as well. Karate Kid. I can't believe that. <laughs> um, I mean, you know. It's not like, a, I wouldn't say it's a classic guilty pleasure. I mean, I suppose I just translated guilty pleasure to be like cheesy, but maybe Karate Kid isn't that cheesy. Do you think that's a really guilty yeah. pleasure movie? Yes, it is. Yeah. It is. Oh, and okay. It's an, it's an action and is it under your action list as well. Yeah, that would have worked. That would have worked. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, so as if you need reminding, this is about a martial arts master who agrees to teach karate to a bullied teenager. And as you say, stars Ralph Macchio, Paul Marita, who plays Miyagi, and Elizabeth Shue. And then we've also got Martin Cove. And I just typed in Karate Kid into IMDb, and guess what? 
the first thing that came up was Karate Kid plot under wraps. I thought, well, that's strange. And then I saw the year, 2024. Oh, there's a new Karate Kid coming. It has to happen, doesn't it? Yeah. But which Karate Kid is it going to be? Do you reckon it's going to be his son or something? Because it was, because it was, uh, it could be if it's from the first Karate Kids era because they obviously they did the uh the tv series didn't they more recently which has been very very popular and then the, the last karate kid was with will smith's son wasn't it? you're right it was with jaden smith and jackie chan yeah. which was called yeah. the karate kid that was in 2010 yeah, yeah. that's a long time ago though isn't it 2010 that's quite a long time yeah he definitely looks older now <laughs> will smith's son I'm surprised it's not streaming, but do you have a look on your your on-demand platforms at the moment? But it's rent or buy, and it's off Amazon, Apple TV, YouTube, and there's a Sky and Netflix bundle. So I presume we've got lots and lots of Karate Kid series as a bundle that you can buy as well. So actually, it's a subscription. So I presume Netflix and Sky are streaming it then. Have a look anyway, because quite often, you know, when when we mentioned that it's for rental buy, sometimes you can find it streaming anyway. So that's uh, Karate Kid. Good. Uh, so we've gone from Napoleon, probably a very serious movie, <laughs> Oscar winning actors and actresses in this film, probably to the Karate Kid. Yeah. <laughs> I, remember, I remember the Karate Kid computer game. I think it was on the Atari that I played it. It was, it was at a friend's house. We couldn't afford that kind of stuff. We had the BBC micro games. And there was a, in the game, there was a a section of it where you had to catch the fly in the chopsticks. <laughs> and it was all about like, you know, pressing the button on the joystick and getting it just right. You know, you had this like cursor flying around the screen. Ah, oh, amazing. Isn't it those, like those wax on, days. wax off? That's wax right. Wax on, wax That's off. That's right. That's it. That's the one. Yeah. Um, I can catch flies really quickly, you know. Just grab them in my hands really quickly. Uh, do you know most what? People, most people can't, but I can do it. Can you? I've got a very fast response. Well, yeah. I'll tell you what. I saw this thing on Graham. <laughs> here we go. I, I saw this thing on Graham Norton. It might have been Michael Fassbender, which is a bit I was bizarre. about to say Fassbender, yeah. It might, it might have been. It was definitely some yeah. Hollywood actors. Anyway, uh, basically, there's a fly on the table, and he was telling people that the way to catch a fly... Actually, you know what? It might have been that that Irish actor comedian who was in Bridesmaids and the IT crowd. Anyway, I can't remember. But if there's a fly, if you kind of clap your hands just above the fly, Mm. then the pressure as you bring your hands together makes the fly move and it flies up. So basically it flies towards where your hands are coming together. And apparently that's the way to try and get a fly. Just, you know, give it a whirl. I mean, it's a bit late now, is it? Summer's kind of done. But, you know, if you see a rogue fly just on a surface, give it a go. And I'm sure lots. some people do like flies and would like to keep them alive. Really? Okay. All right. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry for those fly lovers out there. Fly fly lovers, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Napoleon at uh, the cinema. It's going to be an epic, obviously. It's definitely going to be an epic, yeah. Um, Right, well, you know what I'm going to watch tonight? Last night, I started watching the new miniseries on Netflix, All the Light We Cannot See. I hear uh, that's very, very good. Yes, it is quite good. I think you'd like it. Hugh Laurie, uh, Mark Ruffalo. I yeah. like Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, it's good. It's good. So that's on, I thought it was a film, actually. I didn't realise it was a TV series. Yeah, it's a TV miniseries. So, right. And it looks amazing. It looks beautiful. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to watch the second night. 
Good. Um, fireworks night has now passed. It's getting cold. I'm actually much warmer than I was at the start of the podcast record. And you've got your nice glass of wine. I've had my cup of tea because <laughs> I was so cold. My hands were like ice schools. But yes, winter has definitely come. It has. It yeah. has. Before you know it, after the next one, we we need to look at Christmas films. Oh, my God. Christmas films. Yeah. Wonka's coming out. Yeah. So that'll be a good one. Okay, I'm not going to waffle too much because we've got to wrap this up. I'm just going to say this really quickly. You, you can't think about it. You've just got to say it. What's your favourite Christmas movie? Elf just came out of my mind, okay. but I, I think Home Alone is probably my, one of my favourite Do you ones. Do you know what mine is? Oh. It's going to surprise, I think it's going to surprise you. Well, probably It's a Wonderful it's, we, Life, isn't it? No, we've reviewed it. Uh, what's the one with Kate Winslet? The Holiday? No. Die Hard? Classic, British classic. With all the classic British actors. Christmas Carol? No, Richard Curtis. Class, I have no idea. Go on. Lo- Love Actually. Oh. <laughs> yes, I do like Love Actually as well. I love it more and more each year. Some, but sometimes you can watch it and it gets... I remember it too much, I think. I'm deliberately not It's a bit not like The Holiday. I, li- I do like The Holiday as well, but I think I remember it too much. You've got to wait and just watch it the once whilst you're wrapping presents. I'm looking forward to seeing what Netflix has got as their Christmas movie this year. There's quite a few out. Do you know what? Yesterday, went into town and had my first Christmas drink. What Christmas drink was that? I had a glass of mulled wine. <laughs> mulled wine. And it was, yeah, felt pretty good. I do like a mulled wine. And where did you get that from? Well, in our local town, there is a uh, this kind of makeshift Scandinavian series of huts doesn't really do it justice that sits on the canal that goes through the town where you can get an overpriced drink and pretend that it's Christmas. <laughs> and you just thought, oh, I've a mulled wine. Well, I'd been like, <laughs> I'd been, I'd, I'd, I'd been dragged into Reading to go shopping. Oh, why not have a mulled yeah, wine? There's got to be, there's got to be some, there's got to be some alcohol involved somewhere just to get uh, through it. I should true, have, I true. actually should have done it at the beginning of the or... trip, but not the end of the trip. All experience now, isn't it, going into town? Yeah, so I, uh, I so I, I'm a complete possible. online shopper. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Anyway, let's wrap this up. Okay. Um, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to the films. Catch See you, you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.